Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie, our podcast here in association with Labrooks, where we are getting you hyped for the sporting weekend. My name is Mark Farley. Mick McCarthy joins me as always, and Mick, I haven't said that for a while. I was going to say, you seemed like very excited there, but uh, that I just suddenly remembered why. It's because we've got a sporting weekend. We've got oh, horse racing, loads we've got golf, we've got all kinds of different sports, and then that that kind of uh, underground sport, what's it called? Football. That's the Football. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. The, yeah. the Premier League. It's the Premier uh, League, yeah. Yeah. It's the premierest of all the leagues. Um, it's up, and it's up, up, up and coming little thing in England, but like I think, I think if you watch it, you'd get into it now. Yep, and of course, the big game of the weekend: Cardiff City against Leeds United in the Championship. For that returns, there's so much to look forward to. And look at, do you know what? It's not going to be just me and you, Mick. We're also going to be uh, chatting to Kevin Dyle. He's excited about it as well. We're going to be getting his predictions. Is he for the Premier League season as a whole in terms of who's going to five, who's going to get relegated, who's going to get promoted to the Championship? It's it's pretty much impossible to predict at this stage, given that we've yeah. been nothing for two months. But uh, it should be a bit of fun. I've only got one question on my mind. Kevin Doyle's predictions and tips on this podcast back when there was football uh, were absolutely phenomenal. He was getting like uh, he was getting score correct uh, predictions and everything, eleven to one shots all over the place. He had the best record of anyone, and Stephen Ferris had an amazing record. He nearly got every result right in the World Cup, and Doyle was better than him. So. I just want to know if he thinks Villa are going to go down or not because I fully trust them. So, if, if Villa Kevin fans, says, anyone just listening for the first time, and I'm very, very scared because we're playing at six o'clock tonight. By the time you listen to this, they'll have already beaten Sheffield tonight and everything will be okay. I was about to say, if Kevin, like, I know we, we've been starved of football for a couple of months, starved of all sport for a few months, and we're just begging for, you know, something that we have a bit of vested interest in to watch. Mm. But Kevin's prediction has been so good. If he says Villa are going down, are you going to even bother watching the Sheffield United match this evening? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I will convince myself that he's wrong while knowing deep down inside that he's not. You know, so uh, that's kind of how sport works. Until, like, you know, I really, really care about this all of a sudden because it's happening again soon. And I really don't want Villa to go down. If we lose our first six games and go down, I'll just, <laughs> I won't care anymore. It'll just, once, it, once something has happened, it's never as bad as you think it's going to. But that's no way to, that's no way to think right now, Mark, while there's still a no, chance. I, so right now, I I'm literally it's... nervous about what the, I'm looking for team news and stuff like this from people who definitely don't know what the team is. That's the kind of <laughs> level of agitation that I'm in at the moment. Leo Dowding from Fair City or something. <laughs> but it is so close down there. Like, that's the thing, it's probably, everybody's forgotten probably what the Premier League table looks like and everything because it's been so long away. But if you're looking at like Norwich, they have a very tough runnings in the run in as well. But what, you know, who knows what a tough running game is, a tough, tough game is anymore. Uh, Aston Villa have a game in hand. They're, so Norwich on 21, Aston Villa on 25 uh, with a game in hand though. And then you've got three teams on 27 West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth. And then Brighton on 29. You're probably looking at Southampton up at 34 being safe. But like it's still only seven points with nine games left. Um, and then the other end of the table, uh, Chelsea fourth to 48 points. United uh, fifth to 45. Given the fact that Man City, we don't know what, how the appeal will go, but say that fifth could get you into the Champions League. Then you're looking at like Wolves, Sheffield United 43, Tottenham 41, Arsenal 40. 
Burnley and Crystal Palace are only six points outside the Champions League best is on 39. Yeah. And, and the Everton are 37. Yeah. <laughs> the Champions League playoff between Burnley and Crystal Palace coming up this weekend. Can I ask but you... Bur- I- sorry, go on ahead. Oh, sorry. Bur- I, I think Burnley and Crystal Palace are playing in a couple of weeks now. Can I give you a quick quiz just to see if you remember um, the, the Premier League back in March, which feels like 20 years ago. Our lives have all changed. That's a remarkable thing to say, by the way. Like, you know, that... You know, so so maybe someone's life changed, but the idea that since we last had football, our lives are all completely different than they used to be. That is a re- I, not, never in our Magic. lifetimes will we have been able to say that as a group. But yeah. anyway, uh, so since our lives are different, the last match played in the Premier League was again involving Aston Villa. It was against Leicester City. It was a Monday night football where they were all trying not to shake hands and kept forgetting about it. What was the oh, score? Yeah. I'm going to ask you two questions. They're both memorable enough scores now, so I'm not asking. They're not yeah. one all, like you know. No, this was. Oh, I think Aston Villa won this game, did they? Two one. They didn't. They lost four nil, Mark. <laughs> the Leicester City. <laughs> and then on the previous day, on the Sunday, Frank Lampard's uh, glorious Blue Boys of Chelsea played against Carlo Ancelotti's glorious Blue Boys of Everton. And what was the score in that match? Oh, mother of God. I haven't a clue. Ross Not Barkley a clue. against his old club. I think he might have scored. That might be giving something away. 2-1 Everton. No, 4-0 to Chelsea. You had to have completely arsed. Both of them were 4-0. You said that both of them were 2-1 to the other team. Uh, so of course, I can't remember. I can't wait for me to remember the Chelsea-Everton uh, game. But I remember watching Aston Villa. And <laughs> Aston, I just couldn't remember what the score was. Yeah, well, they played each other four, they they played played four times this year because they were in the semi-final of the League Cup as well. So uh, two hammerings by Leicester in the league and then Villa randomly won the, won the, um, the League Cup tie. Over two legs. So there you go. That's uh, that just shows you how long it's been that you don't even remember the game that happened that yeah. the afternoon. Like that, that even happened. Never mind what the exact score was. You know. So um, it's been a long time, and our lives are different. So let's see what football's going to be like. It'll make us feel like our old selves again. I don't know. Yeah, we'll also uh, be playing one, two, three this week uh, again. But it's back to Premier League games. It's a chance to win hundred euro cash on Labrooks.com. I have another sob story for you, but we'll get to that in a while. The league games last week, uh, and Mick and PJ are going to be trying try and win the GA All Ireland Championship quiz style. This week is back to hurling, but I haven't revealed what championship it'll be yet to the lads. So they'll be on later on in the show. If you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do so by searching the Build Up and Ball City on all good podcast apps. And if you've already subscribed, please do rate and review the show. It'll mean an awful lot to us. But up next, let's chat to Kevin Dial about the return of football. We're delighted to be joined on the line by Kevin Dial to talk about football that's actually coming up, that's actually about to happen. What a day, Kevin. Hello. You sure we could go back over Euro 2012 again? Just <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we missed it. <laughs> are you excited about football moving back? Did you miss it uh, a lot? Or were you kind of actually maybe glad of the break, having been football obsessed for your entire career? Yeah. It's been a lot. It seemed like it's been a long season anyway. So I suppose I sort of came back to the time where the season winding down a bit. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting back. I'm still, you know, it's still a bit weird. I suppose until you see a game or two to, to feel like a bit of normality's hit. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, been uh, been like everything, everyone else getting used to what we've been doing the last few months. So this will be when it really starts. Watching horse racing the last week has been great. This is watching the football now before. Yeah, definitely. And um, I suppose the big question everybody's got going into it 
apart from like what effect would it have the break have had on teams, one of the things is playing behind closed doors, obviously, there's the talk of you looking at the Bundesliga and whatever some a lot of the away teams seem to have been doing well. It like how big of a deal, especially with the teams that are struggling, maybe fighting relegation or whatever, is having the home advantage or the crowd advantage uh, at a home venue from your experience in your play? And like, do, do, will it make a massive difference that having a, an empty stadium there? It depends. It depends on the... Uh, if you're a home team and you're in the bottom three and uh, your fans aren't too happy with you, it might be a blessing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You can play without that pressure, you know, certain, you know, you can look at it a million ways. That's one way of looking at it. If you're, if you're having a stinker as a player, there's no one abusing you from the start. So, uh, <laughs> Just your manager. Yeah, so it's not, it's not I, I never enjoyed it. I hate pre-season games. We could never play it. I'm, I was a player who needed the bit of a buzz, the bit of a noise. Um, it's one of the things I, I really missed in the MLS. While we'd have massive crowds, you didn't have that home you just had home fans in America. You didn't have the away fans to create, which creates such a passion, excitement at a game. Um, so yeah, even watching the Bundesliga, I know we spoke about this a little bit. It's for for just people watching from home. For it's not the same, you know. Now it's like it is like watching preseason games, and it definitely has an effect. Um, but it's the same for everyone, I suppose. Um, top teams need 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 that noise, and every player needs it. You know, if you're doing well, that drives you on in a game. Um, so, yeah, it's a level playing field, but it definitely takes them. It takes them from the fans, takes them from the players. But what, what choice? What choice do we have at the moment? Um, for me personally, the Bundesliga, I watch 20 minutes of the games, and it bores me looking at it without that atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing that I think is is interesting. I've heard a few people say, it, and it's something that like ex pros will say about maybe old teammates saying Juicy was a great player and training he never really did it on the pitch and I've heard a few people say you know like is that a kind of a you know the, the big stage mentality like that you know maybe players don't always perform the way they will in the training ground it'll feel a bit more like a training ground atmosphere I don't know whether that's clutching the straws a little bit for maybe some of the some of the weaker teams but you know some fringe players might excel in a way we don't expect Possibly, yeah. There's, there's always, you know, ultimate where you see a guy in the training ground, exactly like you said, you know, he's as good as anyone you've seen. And then whatever happens when it goes out on match day, it's, you know, barely average. So um, maybe the odd player will, <laughs> will get something from it. Um, but, but talking of the Premier League, you know, those players are usually wheedled out at this stage, you know. Yeah. Um, they're not involved in Premier League teams. They're lower down the leagues or whatever. They, they, they don't survive because of that. So, um, yeah, it's... it's Cutching at straws. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, that is... There's, go, there's no other uh, option at the moment for the for foreseeable few few weeks or months. So, we just have to get on with it and be happy that at least we get to watch something. It's going to be difficult. Again, we're just trying to procure trying to predict what might happen over the coming weeks. One of the things is like, you know, in a normal Premier League season, you'll always hear of teams that maybe they were worried about relegation or whatever, and they got to that 40-point mark, and they're like, oh, geez, they're on the beach already and all this. So I'm wondering, could that possibly happen now if there's teams end up with nothing to play for? We're lucky this year, I suppose, that the Premier League is so... There's like, I think there's only eight points between Everton and 12th in the Champions League places and the same with the relegation. But like, in a couple of weeks, when some of these teams have nothing left to play for, they're having to play every few days... It's going to be difficult for players to get get motivated and keep up that um, intensity. 
Yeah, I, I know. It's only human nature. Like, even if you're off for... If you're in one of those bottom five, six, seven teams um, and for the last two months and you're one of those players, you're, you're keeping yourself right. You know, you're, re- you're getting, making sure you're ready to go. Whereas if you're, you know, sort of not really good chance of making Champions League, maybe sneaking into the European test, but you know you're safe. You only need a win or two to guarantee it. But it's just human nature. You're not going to be quite, I think anyway, um, quite as on the ball regarding your diet and how you've how you've kept yourself right over the last two months. So um, definitely if that's a case. Um, and it, again, you know, it's just something teams will get on with. Managers and, you know, you're so well, I suppose, you're so well monitored and you're wearing heart monitoring things. The, the physios will have been, the fitness coach will be keeping an eye on you, make sure you're doing your work, but they don't know what you're putting into your mouth or how you're, you're, <laughs> you're uh, living your life. So it's just, yeah, it will be a case, you know, it might be a slight advantage to teams who, who are playing more the mid, mid-table teams. I don't know what way the fixtures are working out. I haven't looked into it that deeply. But if you really want to go into it, yeah. Um, definitely, I know I did it myself. You know, you're safe in the season. But then there's also the case of you're safe. You look at the argument, you might relax and play better football. Uh, you've nothing to worry about. You can go out and enjoy it. and You can look at the teams in the bottom five or six and go, oh, God, I hate being in their situation now. And just go out and enjoy your, enjoy your game. Yeah, it's funny because I was even looking at the fixtures and you're kind of looking to think, who's got the toughest run in? And then you're looking at teams like, who even is a tough match anymore? Because like, yeah. in a couple of games time, Liverpool could have the league won, so they had that tough a game. Again, though, they could be the opposite, that they've got no pressure on them to go out and hammer everyone. Then you're looking at Man United, Chelsea, Spurs, loads to play for, but all of them have been really inconsistent. So it's hard even just looking at, looking at the games to see who like, can come out of this as a top team. Yeah, trying to really trying to look into. It. I was doing a thing yesterday, and it's, it's scarce even on news and stories from training grounds and who's fitting up. You know, it's it's really hard to do any. But we're trying to talk about something we don't really know about. And a few games in, and we see how teams come back. You know, our teams. Some teams might have trained harder and are really ready to go. Other teams said, "Don't know. You just don't know where they stand, where they are." Um, the teams who you you would think. The teams who were in the bottom three or four and were having a stinker, this would have been only a good thing for them. They get them a chance yeah. to reap and, and fresh minds and, and really think about where they stand and, and you know come back after this two months or three months and you know, you know what, we've been given a second chance here. And you would imagine for anyone in the whole in the whole thing that, that to them that's the 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 biggest plus point um, might be the case, but that'd be the way I'd be looking at it as a player. You know, I'd be given a break here, come back for if we had a few injuries in the squad, we had a weak squad, we've got everyone back fit now. Let's push on in this last three game every three days. You know, you get a little run going, confidence going, um, can get out, can get out of this. Whereas going into the lockdown before that, it'd have been all doom and gloom at a club, and everyone's coming in, and players are moaning in the dressing room. Whereas they've been apart, they can't moan at each other. They've been separated for a long time. Yeah. You know, you forget about things and move on. And, yeah, that that that'd be the way. That would be how I'd be trying to spin it if I was in a bottom three or four club. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. You can see Aston Villa fan makes ears perk up there. <laughs> <laughs> you have a chance, Mick. Yeah, I I had three or four uh, lads in mind when I talked about the training ground players as well. I definitely. Uh, we're, we're we're in a weird situation though, uh, Kevin, with the the time and the, you know the the long gap and the fact that it's going to be football in the summer and everything like that. And you know. There's a couple of things jumped out to me. There's like Ryan Frazier is refusing to sign a, a new short-term contract at Bournemouth. Um, you know, so his season is over. He's not going to be playing for them. He's actually technically allowed to sign for somebody else now, obviously, um, because his contract is up. And you've got um, 
the likes of Lyle Taylor, I think, at Charlton is refusing to kind of play for the rest of the season um, because he wants to move at the end of the year. I think he is still under contract, but he's just like, I don't want to get injured. I'm moving. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a, it is a weird situation. If you were a manager or director of football, so, like, would that make you think twice about signing these lads? Like, it, it, I don't know. It, it, for me, there's a character issue there, but also players have to look after themselves, you know? Yeah, listen, they're, they're obviously getting advised by their agent or maybe they have something lined up and they know it's always going to sign it. But if they don't, if I, if I was a director, if it's only natural, you know, it's been a unique situation. Um, you want, you know, everyone is trying their best to sort out and, and, and get through it. And, and there's lots of players who have agreed to play on and, and yeah. you know, do the right thing, basically. Um, and it just doesn't, I just don't think I think it's a stain on them to, to say, I'm not, I don't want to get injured. Whatever. You can get injured walking out here you know, house door tomorrow, anything can happen, you know, if you, I think it just in a unique situation like this, you need to just go go to the end of the season. Your contract really and truly is to the end of the season. Um, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what the position of the club. Obviously, there can be a million things going on behind the scenes with the, what the club might have said or done to them over the last year that gives them this, has put them in this frame of mind that they want to do that. But, you know, you, you, would, you would hope, I would hope if I was in that position, I would just say, you know, get on with it and, and, it doesn't look good if you said, you said a director of football looking to sign that player. That might be the difference between him going, yeah, I'll take a chance on him or not. Um, it might be this year, it might be next year. Um, mm. You know, is he going to really down? Is he going to down tools when things aren't right? Is he going to be the one I want when we're struggling? Um, he's going to be looking out for his next move all the time. Um, just it doesn't look good to fans. It doesn't doesn't sound good from the outside. Um, it's not great for footballers' reputations. I think you just want everyone in this situation to. To you know, make an exception, I suppose. Yeah, rally together. Uh, I know we're saying it's hard to make any predictions, and there's not much news to go on. But just for a bit of crack, Kevin, we're not holding you to it. But uh, we have, we have, uh, we're looking for your top five. Given that possibly fifth might get you to the Champions League this season, and the three to get relegated. Who are we going with? Right. Um, <laughs> I I think Leicester. I just have a feeling they might slip out. Um, I, I, there's not much news coming out of clubs but if anything Man United just seem to have had a positive lockdown yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played any games uh, they've signed this lad Paul Pogba <laughs> uh, Paul Pogba you know they're back involved he's fit uh, Solskjaer was talking about favour we were playing him in the number 10 position um, yeah you know Bruno Fernandes was, was flying at the end of of you know, before the whole thing got shut down. They, they have come out of it, I think. Um, the whole Marcus Rashford, I'm sure, has given a big boost to the club with what he's done in recent days. So, yeah. I, don't even, I have a feeling for Man United. I've had a feeling for him loads of times during the season. They always come out and lose. <laughs> but I just think they might finish the season strong and sneak in. Um, I like Wolves. I think Wolves will be really fit and fighting to go. Um, so, I'm going to say Leicester to slip out. And other than that, Liverpool, Man City... Man United, Chelsea, Wolves. With Interesting stuff. Leicester will have to have a bad finish to this. <laughs> 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 to, get, to get past them. But uh, I, just, yeah, I just think they might have taken off the gas. Whatever feeling I have. And then in terms of the three to get relegated? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, um, Mick, I'm going to give you... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously Norwich... Watford and West Ham. Ooh, West Ham. David Moyes. 
I just I didn't like West Ham so they seem to be the one shouting loudest for the seed for the, the team to be cancelled and no one get relegated and you know desperate for that to happen so a bit of karma there in West Ham <laughs> Yeah, Aston Villa to stay up though. Like, Aston Villa are seven to four to stay up on Ladbrokes.com, and you're looking at their running. They've got all right. They've got Sheffield United, who I think had poor enough. Who knows what form is anymore? But they had poor a few results before the break. But like they've got Liverpool, probably at the League One for that stage, and then they've got Man United, Arsenal, the types of teams West Ham the last game of the season. They're the types of teams that anything could happen. So like, you could see Villa get out of there very. Not to yeah. say easily, but that, that, didn't, sound, much, that but didn't sound as positive as definitely. you were suggested there. Mark. That list of teams, <laughs> they also, Chelsea, they also, yeah. teams might be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they all sound like anything could happen. Yeah, they do, um, and like, like up to Brighton, twenty nine points. Like there, there are four points. There's one, two, three, four teams ahead of them. And there's only four points, so they, they only need two of those teams to have a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. So the, I just there's always a team that comes out of it and has a little good run, and I think Aston Villa they've had more of a positive from me looking at me outside, more of a positive goes around them all season than than some of the other teams down there. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Jack, we'll take that. Jack. We'll take that, Kevin. We'll take it. <laughs> Your predictions have actually been brilliant this season, so I'm, I'm genuinely delighted to hear that. But uh, as you say, that's that's what happens when we're clutching straws before uh, before real football is uh, is officially back. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, Mark the Leeds fan wants to ask the next question, though. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to who's the championship? <laughs> yeah, championship. Um, well, the top two staying the way they are. Um, just getting it back up here. I had my little list made here. Um, the top two, and I would love Preston to get up. They're always, um, you know, always there, thereabouts in the playoffs every year. They're the one club. They never have massive investment, but they spend enough. They, they always, they, you know, from a League of Ireland perspective, they've shown great interest in signing players from the League of Ireland. Um, their owner as well as, our owner is big into horse racing and buys a lot of horses. So <laughs> I like him. Uh, he's actually showed an interest in buying Cork City. Uh, so um, recent months, I haven't heard anything about yeah. that in a while. Yeah, I think the top two to stay the way they are, and I really like, I really like Preston. Listen, that's just my heart over your head. You wouldn't probably pick them, but Preston to sneak in there. Um, the, 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 they're due. Definitely, that's great. Jesus, this is good news for everyone. Right? Yeah. Sean McGuire fans, myself, the Leeds fan, Mick, <laughs> Kevin, you brightened up our day. <laughs> Thanks a million. Sean McGuire, Adam so, Brown. Before the thing ever starts, next week we'll be all doom and gloom. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, oh, cheers, Kevin. All right, let's. Thanks very much to Kevin, Mick. Great news, Aston Villa <laughs> staying up. We're staying up. Nostradamus has told us <laughs> we can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, so that that seven to four. Mm. In fairness, like outside of the seven to four thing, I actually do think that's a nice bet if you're having a, a like a small fun bet on it because I would say that we're, you know, I'd say there's a fifty fifty toss up of us going up or down or, or staying up or down. I think they're probably maybe with West Ham probably the most talent in that group. Yeah. Um, of, of the five teams. So, um, but we'll see. Because John McGinn is back. Big big point. Villa missed him oh, so, yeah, so much massive, when, he was, yeah. um, when he was injured. And he's been fit for a while. He didn't have to go through the kind of coming back into the squad and get, getting this match fitness. He's basically on the same level as everybody else. So um, I think that's a massive thing. So 
Come on, Definitely. the Villa. And also, when I'm talking about the run with there, they were meant to be their toughest games, not just all the games. They have, they have a few <laughs> easier games as well. And aside from Chelsea, you don't know what will happen. Yeah, you, exactly. Um, but it's time to play one, two, three. And as well, do feature in it. It's your chance to win 100 euro cash on labworks.com. You can play it for absolutely free. All you have to do is correctly predict the score of three of this weekend's football matches. Last week was the was uh, the round of the Liga games. And Mick, I was I got nothing right. But at the same point, I was like a goal out from basically everything. I said 5-0 yeah. to Barcelona against Mallorca. They won 4-0. I said 2-all between Atletico Bilbao and Atletico Madrid. It was 1-all. And I said 3-0 to Real Madrid against Ibar. And it was 3-1. Yeah, that was very unlucky. Now I had I was just as close. Yeah, I had two all in the in the Athletic Derby. I had uh, five. I had four one to Barca. And they won four nil. So it was a goal out in that too. But then I had five nil. I think to Madrid. So I yeah. was a good bit out in that one. Although I was kind of following it with eagerness. I even though I was only going to get one euro free bet, I wanted to be. I wanted to have that sob story. But unfortunately, you beat me again in the sob story states, Mark. But alas, either way, none of us are a hundred quid richer. So let's go and do it this week. We go again, yeah. The Premier League matches for uh, one to three this week are the weekend game, three the weekend games. It's Bournemouth against Crystal Palace, which is on BBC One at a quarter of eight on Saturday. It's Aston Villa against Chelsea, which is on Sky Sports at a quarter past four on Sunday. And then at seven o'clock on Sunday, it's Everton against Liverpool, which I think is on Sky One in Ireland and Pick uh, TV and the Sky Sports and Virgin media channels. Uh, first up, Bournemouth against Crystal Palace. This is one. They're all going to be tough to call, but this is extra tough to call. <laughs> um, yeah, there's going to be goals, in danger. Right? Crystal Palace outside bet for the Champions League. <laughs> I nearly, I nearly uh, used some inappropriate language there, uh, unparliamentary language. Uh, I don't think Crystal Palace are getting into the Champions League, Mark. Uh, Bournemouth, I don't know. I, I'd say a team used to probably playing in front of no fans, uh, as Crystal Palace wouldn't be too far off either. But you know. I think the Fraser stuff is, I you they either galvanise around about that or they'll be very. I know it's only one player, but I just think that's a really bad sign that he wouldn't sign on for a month, you know, uh, to kind of finish out what he started. Um, it's also a big loss for them. Palace have been just a really really good team this year, and you kind of consistently overlook them, and they keep getting the results. I think there's going to be goals in all of these games. I'm going to go for. 3-1 to Palace. 3-1 to Palace. I'm going to go 1-0 Bournemouth. There okay. we go. We're completely different here. Right? These can be very different. Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth, are, uh, Bournemouth could slide into real trouble very, very quickly. And could, I, yeah. think, I think if they fell, they could go down. But I think they could also get themselves out very, very quickly. You know, like yeah, an, a, home, a home game games. against Palace, if home games matters, I don't know, is the way they absolutely have to start. So you could absolutely be right on this. But yeah. I just have a feeling. Aston Villa against Chelsea. Uh, I'm going, sorry, Mick, I'm going 2-0 uh, Chelsea here. Okay, I'll go 2-1 to the same team. To Chelsea as well. Ooh, yeah, we, we won't be fun, fun. I have to play the odds here. I want, I want my 100 euro. <laughs> and then Everton against Liverpool. Liverpool with a chance to wrap the league up very quickly in the first couple of games. But Everton, like we're saying, you know, they were rejuvenated with Ancelotti. It's not going to be the last 4 0 to Chelsea. It's in the last 4 0 to Chelsea. But uh, remember this first game, derby, the was, atmosphere will be unbelievable yeah. in this game. Like, you know? <laughs> oh, <it'll be, laughs> the seats will be banging. Um, this is hard to call. Uh, what are you going with? I'm going to see if you get with, your results first. I'm going with 3 2 to Liverpool. I think it could be a ding dong 
Yeah. Merseyside Derby and lots of goals. <laughs> The previous fixture, albeit was the front of the crowd, was Marco Silva charged at and Remember, it was madness as well. There were a load of goals. Um, I think three away I'm wins. That, I'm going to say two all. Okay, two, two all, which never, never felt. There you go. So you've gone for a home win and away win and a draw, and I've for some reason gone for three away wins. I know I'm not. I know I'm not supposed to take home advantage uh, too much into heart anymore, but I think that's a bit ridiculous. But they're my individual thoughts on the games, I suppose. Well, there you have it. Uh, you can play yeah, exactly. You can play Labrooks one, two, three yourself. It's free to play. Just get on to Labrooks.com right now. You can win yourself hundred euro cash if you get all three right. You get if you get one right, you get a euro free bet. If you get two right, you get a five euro free bet. But sure, look, you're going to get all three, so don't worry about it. Um, and if you are having a bet on any of the football this weekend, be sure to gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. Up next, we're going to get PJ Brown into studio, and himself and Mick are going to try, going to try and win the All Ireland Hurling Championship quiz style. We're going to do it. PJ Brown joins us on the line now as well. Himself and Mick are determined to win the All-Ireland Championship this this week, lads. We're going to do it, Mark. I said it before the, uh, before we come on here into this segment, and I stand by that. I'm pretty sure that we're going to do it. Like, we have suffered so many... We, we, we've, there's so much hurt built up, Mick. And we're not, you know, we're not, we're not going to go through that suffering for nothing. I no. Like. When we were driving down to, to uh, our various houses um, to, to take part in this today, our, our manager, Liam Griffin, uh, actually pulled over at the side of the road and uh, got into the front of the bus and started talking about uh, how the, 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 the blood of uh, former quiz men had run, had, uh, you know, run red on the streets, uh, you know, for us to win today. So. You know, I think it's written in the stars, to be honest. Yeah, just in case anybody was wondering, uh, they were socially distancing on the bus. It was a 70-seater bus. The bus driver was at the front. Mick was in the middle row of seats, and Peter was down the back. Where was Liam paper Griffin? Mick the whole time, it must be said. <laughs> Liam Griffin was driving the to let Liam, Liam Griffin come in. <laughs> anyway, we need to get on with this. This week, lads, the quiz is on the 2004 All-Ireland Hurling Championship. Ah, right, okay. 16 years later, you have been tested. No, you did not. You did the, or maybe you did, but no, uh, <laughs> I can't hold you to questions. We did the 2004, I think we did uh, some quiz of the 2000s already, and there might have been an odd question from 2004 that popped up, but there are different questions this week. And as always, it's a new format. So Mick and, or sorry, new format from the quiz before that, but uh, Mick and PJ uh, will be playing together, trying to win the All-Ireland Championship, getting from the preliminary rounds all the way through to the All-Ireland Final and hopefully lifting the quiz-style Liam McCarthy Cup at the end of this uh, on the virtual Zoom call. Uh, so if you're ready, lads, we're going to start off. At, this is kind of a weird one. It's not just the preliminary round. It's the preliminary round and the first round of the Leinster Hurling Championship because there were two rounds before you got to a quarterfinal. Question number one. Mead, Wicklow and Kildare all participated in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship in 2004. True or false? I haven't a clue. silence here on the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know the answer is that. So once Not again, really. we're back to wondering why you'd ask the question and trying to psychologically analyse Mark's uh, quiz making. What would your guess be, PJ? 
But this, I mean, like, this quiz is so weird in that the first round is the hardest bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think the final is going to be the hardest bit, although the final, we never seem, we never seem to get there. <laughs> yeah. To um, be fair, it, it really is so hard to deal with both questions. You're like, who remembers the preliminary round of the Lenser Harlan Championship? I don't. I, I have to say now that uh, thinking about it, I always think I don't have a clue. I don't ever remember Wicklow being in Leinster Championship. I remember them having hurling days, and you know, I know Leighton Glynn played for them, and and I they've definitely had their moments. I think I saw them possibly in an under twenty one C final um, one year when there was uh, I was at one of the one of the Clare All Irelands, but. I don't think they've ever. I don't ever remember them being in the senior championship. I remember me being in a def. I Kildare definitely had a go here and there, but I don't think Wicklow have have been in recent in you know in living memory anyway. But I could be wrong about that. But my guess would be that Wicklow were the odd one out there and aren't in it. Yeah. What, Mick, you, you think Wicklow were never in the championship in the? Not, like, not I don't year, know anyway. about never, but I just don't ever remember them being in it. Now, then again, if there was like some mad preliminary round, like I definitely could be wrong about this, but it's just my, my instinct is that Wicklow weren't ever at that level, even if they were, you know, if you're talking about that level, you're talking about like maybe like other than maybe Longford, Louth, you know, who else wouldn't have been in it? Do you know what I mean? Like Westmead and yeah. Carlos surely would have been. Kildare are, are one of them, and you're thinking like, was there was there ever ten teams in the Leinster Championship? I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, the, the the only part of this makes me wonder is why would Mark ask this question, like you said earlier? <laughs> yeah, uh, generally it'd be no, you're wrong. It was actually Kildare, Westmead, and Mead, and not Wicklow. You know, that's where I think he'd be going with. Yeah. Okay. We, we go with false. We go with. Uh... Was that a true or false question, Mark? <laughs> yeah, true what or false. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Mead, Wicklow and Kildare all participated in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship in 2004. True or false? False. All right, we go with false then. False. The correct answer is true. <laughs> all <laughs> three of them <laughs> the championship. Why are you the name of God when I ask a question 16 years ago if it wasn't true? <laughs> you have psychologically examined you me every other week. not psychologically examine you. Yeah, I thought you were still going to do it anyway. Your creatures are habits. You're into, the champion, you're into the qualifiers straight away. For the, is that the third week in a row now, Mick? You've been knocked out in the first round. I think so, yeah. Tried to for, your chance, for your chance to get back in. I think, so I think that Leinster Championship, Loud and Longford were the only two Leinster teams to not be <laughs> in the Leinster Championship. Oh, so I actually called it. Kind of. Thankfully, I didn't go with my original question, which was Loud were the only team from Leinster to not participate in the Leinster Championship, true or false. Me thinking that the right answer was true because I forgot Longford existed. But look at who blamed me for that. Um, Tipperary played three games. This is your qualifier question. Tipperary That's played three games in the championship. Right there. <laughs> uh, 2004 championship. Tipperary played three games. They lost to Waterford, beat Limerick, and then lost to Cork. Yet one of their forwards won an all-star. Who was it? I know this. Owen Kelly? It's Owen Kelly, for sure. He won six all-stars, most of which was when Tip were absolutely dog shit, but he was the best hurler in the country. Owen Kelly. Final answer? Yeah. Congratulations, lads. If I had said uh, which player, Mick, would you have gotten it right still? What did you say? I didn't even notice which, the same forward. Which forward. I knew the answer uh, as soon as you said also because 
I just was doing the Tipperary 15 for 30 last week. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grand, because I accidentally said football. I was like, geez, I've given a massive clue there by accident because I meant to say player. But there he goes. You're back in. You're back into the normal championship, lads. What a, what a roller coaster. And you're back in at the quarterfinal level uh, of the provincial championships. So you can't get far forward to get any wrong from here on in. Uh, in the Munster quarterfinal, Waterford beat Clare 3-12 to 1-8 aided by a hat-trick of goals from a forward who went on to win his first All-Star that season. Who was it? Could we have two Owen Kelly answers in a row? <laughs> I think it's um, Dan. Could be probably. Kelly. I should remember this match because Claire were so bad around that time. Although, actually, I think Claire, No, actually, that's wrong. I'm completely misreading the time. Claire actually had a good deal. They just played, never showed up that year. They got to the quarterfinal. Um... Banfield Dan like won All Stars in 07. I think he won in 04, 06, and 07. Um, and that would be his first. Owen Kelly, I think, might have won one in 04. Is that, that he scored the goal in that Munster final? I think it's Dan. Can I get the question one more time, Mark? Yep, in the Munster quarterfinal, Waterford beat Clare 312 to 1-8, aided by a hat-trick of goals from a forward who went on to win his first All-Star that season. Who was Three it? goals in the game feels like very a uh, real kind of Dan kind of thing to do. Yeah, or John Milan. But I don't think, I, I, think it's, I think it's Dan. Oh, Jesus, it better be Dan. <laughs> Final answer? Yeah, Dan Shanahan. The correct answer is... Dan the Man Shannon, congratulations, you're through to the provincial side. I, just, I, rem- I, rem- I don't remember anything to do with that match, but I remember just like Dan Shanahan killing Claire. And I don't know when it was or whatever, but that would make sense because they were hammered that day. I feel like Dan is to Waterford in this quiz what uh, Callanan is to uh, Tipperary. We just, like, we're not <laughs> yes. sure. We, you just say Callanan. <laughs> Goals, you say. <laughs> 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 yeah, to be fair as well, I was also thinking of how many own Kelly, own Kelly question, related questions could I get into this quiz <laughs> because of the two boys, but uh, I, I, no clues for later on what happens. <laughs> maybe maybe there is another own Kelly question. Um, on to the provincial semi-finals. Actually, sorry, Mick, as you mentioned as well, in terms of uh, All-Stars, actually, no, I'll not say I'm not getting to give away any clues. Um, provincial semi-finals. Mick Jacobs' dramatic last gasp goal gave Wexford a famous win over Kilkenny in the Leinster semi-final. But whose dead ball delivery led to the goal? Oh, wow. So this is where you might be confusing with the, did we not play this in focus? Back at the start of the lockdown, we had a, a quiz, I think, on GA 2000s. Yeah, who scored the goal and no, I thought it was no. I thought it was going to be who scored the goal, and I was like, it was Rory Jacob, Mark. Before you finish, and the question was actually uh, how much oh, yeah. did the extra win by, and I was wrong about the Jacob as well. It was Mick. <laughs> okay, who are the options who, here, PJ? Damien who would have been on three for Wexford? Long ball in. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good shout. So he's one choice. Then you have like, Jesus, I don't know. Like, I mean. You know, probably a wing back or something like that, like a Rory McCarthy or. A... I don't. Who would have been on freeze for for Quigley, on Quigley. You know, I can't see. It wasn't a scoreable free, like wasn't it? Not so you're not going to bring out a midfielder or a forward. Yeah. To take it. 
So Fitzhenry would, seems like the most logical answer, doesn't that, it? Uh, I'm going to give you uh, a clue. You don't say David Fitzhenry. <laughs> Repeat the question. Oh, was it a sideline cut, was it? I'm just going to say, I'm not saying it was or it wasn't. I'm just saying who's dead ball delivery. Uh, oh, dead ball. Okay, okay. So it wasn't Fitzhenry then. Well, it could have been from... Uh, my, I'm just saying, pocket. I just know the way as we're talking, it was all, yeah, it, could, it was like free, free, oh. free. So I just wanted to remind you that it was dead ball. So it could have either been a free puck out or a sideline. Oh, a puck out or a dead ball, of course. Point. Yeah, you don't think of it because it's from the hands, but it is technically. But oh, like if he pucked man. out... That's the a length hard question, question, like... I'll give you the clue. It wasn't a puck out and it wasn't a free from the road half. So it's a side so it's sideline. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> so who are your choices? Dermot Lee. Yeah. Owen Quigley. Oh. Keith Ross. Rory Jacob. Rory Jacob, yeah, into yeah. the butter. Dowhy, yeah. Clue wise, I can confirm it was a sideline cut. We'll narrow it down for you. Yeah, I thought you'd already done that, to be honest. <laughs> I was, I don't know, Simon and Holland, I thought maybe a free from in, inside the opposition half. No, it was Considering we've said four players and we haven't a clue what the answer is, can you confirm that we've uh, said his name? No. We haven't. Or you're I, can not either, I can't confirm, and I don't think, if, if, even if I could, I don't think you've said it. <laughs> this person was a very famous sideline court artist. It must be. We said Dermot Ling. Dermot Ling would have been like really well known for taking sideline cuts. Was he? I think, would he been around that year, Dominic? Yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he played till seven. He played in 07. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. A famous sideline court artist from Wexford. Adrian Fenlon. Oh like, yeah. Who's Mark's obviously remembering something that neither me or you are about yeah. a Wexford well, sideline cut. Do you have like a memory maybe, of one sideline cut here, Mark? And as a right, I was about to say, it might not even be that famous constantly, but he scored two of them. Uh, the, I think it was the year previously. Um, it was I was on television in one of the games there recently. <laughs> oh, for the love and honour. We're not going to get this right. I've run out of Wexford players that I know from back then. I've not, by the way, you may have said the right one already. I'm just not confirming. You just have to decide on who you're going with. The, the, I always think Quigley is the most kind of like, uh, could do anything hurler of that. You know, he obviously got that point over his head from 100 yards. and mm. But I don't know if Mark would be asking the question that Owen Quigley was the answer to in a straight knockout Leinster semi-final from 2004. Adrian Finland came to your mind there? He did, and I don't really even know why. What do you think? What's your guess? I, I have no idea. Like, it, it, like, like I, I would have gone with uh, Fitzhenry, like up until we were told it wasn't, it wasn't a puck. Out. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else were there? There was a, there a Jordan guy with a Michael Mitch, Mitch Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Michael Mitch Jordan, of course. Uh, there was, yeah, there was him, there was Rory Jacob, there was, uh, uh, I don't know, were any of the old lads knocking around, like Larry O'Gorman or 
Liam you see, the thing is, thing is, he said we'd already mentioned it, and we hadn't mentioned any of these lads. Oh, I don't. He, he didn't, did he? I thought. I thought Mark said we we may have already mentioned the player. Uh, sorry, as in, I I'm, don't get confused by what I'm saying. Right, it's a sideline cut. Forget Mick confused Mick threw another spanner in the work by asking for another clue going, have we mentioned the four, one of the four lads or whatever this is mentioned at the start? I can't even remember who he said, said in the first four at the start. So forget about all that. Apart from, right, I'll give you another clue. It wasn't David Fitzhenry. He didn't come up to take the sideline cut. <laughs> <laughs> Rory McCarthy. Everybody else moved the back in. What are you saying? Rory McCarthy. Is, is that your final answer? You've kind of got very randomly just, here. No, I did say him earlier, and then this is really fucking hard. But we do eventually have to move on with our lives, <laughs> and we don't know. <laughs> He's my guess. I don't know what yours is, PJ. What are you going for? Rory McCarthy. Yeah, I'll give you another clue. It's not Rory McCarthy. No. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this would be so hard. That is most impossible. remember who? I was thinking more along the lines of who is a famous person to take sideline cuts for Wexford. I thought three ways. Like, yeah, that's who it is. Uh, maybe Lee Chin. No, he played midfield. Dermot Ling and Fenlon <laughs> and Quigley. The three of them played midfield. <laughs> <laughs> is it one of the three of them? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> we've, we've narrowed it down Fenland. for every Fenland's Wexford player a, ever. Fenland took mad free uh, sidelines, didn't he? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> PJ, pick one. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> Fenland. We're going with Fenland. Final answer to Fenland. The correct answer, lads, is Adrian Fenland. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think he yes. scored. Did he not score two points from uh, two sideline cuts against Cork and in 03 and uh, yeah? Quite I can kind of see him hit the sideline cut now that we say it. I just I really doubted myself when I said him originally because I just thought to myself, you'd have never heard of Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the problem is that I was looking up and I was looking <laughs> up and was like. Oh, Adrian Fenland scored a rake of sidelines. So he must be a famous sideline back. <laughs> we got there again. Tried to, well, we tried to say Rory McCarthy. Yeah. The, the, uh, the most hints we've, uh, we've ever got to get a question right. Yeah, so I, think, I think that's because it was the Leinster semi-final. I think we'll have to be a bit harder on us from now on. But um, Yeah, definitely. And also because... Enough, though, his name, his name did come up, like, in, you know... Early on. Early, yeah, it was pretty early. Like it was about the third or fourth name. Um, right. okay. Yeah, I don't give you clues because I thought maybe I, I overestimated how well you remember it. And um, we know clues from here on in. Question number five oh, slash should have been four, but you've gone through the qualifiers. The Munster final between Waterford and Cork is remembered as one of the best matches of all time. Which forward was awarded man of the match? Waterford won, didn't it? Yeah. Waterford won. It was the game when John Milan got sent off. Um, Paul Flynn got a goal from 40 yards. Owen Kelly got a great goal. Um, I, I think it's one of the two of them. Paul Flynn won his only all-star that year. And okay. 
I always thought that it was based a lot around that game. They obviously lost the semi-final to Kilkenny, wasn't it, Kilkenny? We'll find out that in a few minutes, I suppose. Flynn, um, I mean... Or to Cork, I think, actually. Um, I think it's Flynn, yeah. Paul Flynn? Final answer? Yeah. It is indeed Paul Flynn. Congratulations, he was top goal scorer on the day. You've won the provincial final, hurling style. You're through to the to the quarterfinal stages of the All-Ireland. Pardon? Top goal scorer on the day. No, top scorer overall. I think he scored one seven. Yeah. Um, him, Dan and Kelly got the goals, I think. Uh, but just through to the All-Ireland series, you're into the quarterfinal, lads. This might be a simple one for you. Who did Kenny beat after a replay in the All-Ireland quarterfinal? After a replay? Jeez, Kenny had a, a run of it in 04, didn't he? Um, so back then the All-Ireland quarterfinals used to be against Galway didn't they that was like it was Galway and Antrim or whatever or no there was qualifiers sorry wasn't there yeah yeah replay hmm the Cork were in the other quarterfinal so it wasn't them. Yeah. So you're looking at Tip. Tip lost the cork, I think Mark already said. So in the quarter, so that must have been a quarter final. Got it. No. Then, so you've got Limerick Galway. Oh, it's Claire. Jesus, sorry, I remember. <laughs> it's Claire. <laughs> it's Claire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Jesus. That was a. Yeah, we should have beat them. I just correct answer. Years mixed up as usual, Mark. You know. Yeah, it's Claire. I was like, this is either going to be a really easy one, or Mick's going to have no memory of it and kick himself when he finally said the right answer. And he got no, there at the end, Mick. James O'Connor last hurrah. He was, he was, he hadn't been playing all year, and he was kind of like on the verge of retiring. He came on and was brilliant. In that game. But there you go. I think uh, was it one thirteen or thirteen points apiece. I can't remember. Very low score. Off yeah. top. Top of my head, and then it was a really low scoring replay. Actually, I have the I have it here. Yeah, it was one thirteen apiece, and then Kilkenny won the replay eleven points to nine. Yeah, so yes. they weren't exactly thrillers. But anyway, we're set all Ireland semi-finals. We're we're going with Kilkenny again, right, lads? Kilkenny went on to beat Waterford in the semi-final. How many goals were scored in the match? Was it three, five, or none? Mm. Weird way to put them. Put that. Three, yeah, five, I said, I keep always going spit the difference and all this crack when I give options. So I said I'd, uh, I'd change it up this week. Give me them again. How many goals were scored in, in the other yeah. semi final between Kilkenny and Waterford? Three, five, or none at all? Okay. There wasn't none. I'm pretty sure there was um, goals in it. I'd say five, PJ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember this game, I have to be honest, uh, which is surprising because it should have been a huge game and just sometimes games just disappear from your memory, but I don't remember this one, but I have a feeling there was ghouls 
Um, and that Waterford team, as we've kind of talked about already, all the way through the quiz, there was always they did score a lot. Games, yeah, you know, um, and yeah, wouldn't put a pass Dan to get a couple, and then Milan and Flynn again. Yeah, if they scored two, Kilkenny would have had to score, you know, to beat them. I don't think it was. I think they beat them by a few points. Five. We'll go, we'll go with five, Mark. Five. Is the wrong answer You're out the semi final stages again, lads? The correct answer ah, is three. I'm sorry. Kilkenny won the game 312 to 18 points. Oh, Waterford didn't score at all. No. <laughs> so there you go. Once again, this semi final hurdle is becoming a real problem for both, the, for both football and hurling trees. They won by three points. They won by three points. They did. Uh, do you want the final question? Yes. Why not? Cork beat Kilkenny in the final. Name 12 of the starting 15. Of the Cork team? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Don't log. Yeah. Wayne Sherlock. Dermot O'Sullivan. Ben, ben O'Connor. Jerry O'Connor. Jerry O'Connor. Tom Kenny. Yeah. Uh, Joe Dean. Yeah. Niall McCarthy. Timmy McCarthy, Sean O'Gahalpy and John Gardner, Ronan Curran. Um, How many is that? Brian Corcoran. A lot. You're missing the corner forward. You're missing... I think you've done it. You're missing... Did you name the two midfielders? Yeah, Tom, Tom Kenny and Jerry O'Connor. Yeah. yeah. You're missing uh, the corner forward and you're missing... The corner back. Back. So you've gotten 13 out of 15 straight away. You haven't even named one who hasn't, who's wrong yet. Brian Murphy, cornerback, was that his name? Yes. Um, yeah. And then the other corner forward would have been... 2004. Oh, I don't know. I have no memory. I don't know who it is. Now go it on, sure we got it right. Kieran Fraggy Murphy. Oh, Fraggy. oh yeah. And uh, John Brown came on after 25 minutes for Brian Murphy. And the only substitution the Cork made in that game. It's mad how the game, <laughs> you don't, things you don't know is about how games evolve. But like, Kilkenny made two subs that day and Cork made one. You never yeah. see that in the game, a GA <laughs> championship these days. He low scoring as well, wasn't it? No yeah, goals, goals, I think, in that game, yeah. Yeah, 17 points to nine. Right. Seventeen. It was a very low scoring year altogether, wasn't it? Yeah. Apart from Waterford, apart from Waterford, getting loads of goals. Apart from in the semi final, Kilkenny, <laughs> Kilkenny got thirteen points, eleven points, twelve points, and nine points in their last four games that year. That's unbelievable. They didn't yep. score more than thirteen points in the four in four games. Like I know they got goals, in the last one. If you look at the last round of the qualifiers, though, in terms of low scoring or whatever, Clare sco- scored 7-19 against the 2-15 of Leash, which wasn't bad. <laughs> and Kilkenny uh, uh, scored 4-20 against the one ten of Galway. Wow, Galway. There you have it. There's one random, one random four facts for you. But lads, right, we're going to do it next week, Mark. Yeah, it's time to get out of here. You'd have to regroup. Uh, maybe start studying. You're able, I was going to say start studying all the All Ireland final teams, starting teams of every every code of every year. But you're grand at that. It's just getting over <laughs> the semi final question. It's a difficult one. 
<laughs> but uh, that's it from us today I uh, hope you enjoy the very League back this weekend if you are having any bets as we mentioned be sure to gamble responsibly on any of the sport um, visit dunlewy.net for more information if you get to subscribe to the podcast search the Build Up and Balls ID and all good podcast apps you'll find us there uh, but until next week mind yourself <laughs> <laughs>